And Jesus was not going to let it, this, this salvation message, this, this message that Jesus has given us the privilege to have is a give and take message. He's not going to give you something if you don't release it. You're not going to grow any further, praise God, if you don't allow God to reach down in your life into the very depths of your well and remove some things. Reveal some things in your life. You can live in that state of deception if you want. You don't have to do that. And it's not that Jesus isn't there because Jesus is there. And he's not going to move until you move, praise God. He's going to allure you from the city. He's going to allure you from that place, amen. And he's going to bring you to that place where you've been hiding for years and years and years and years, praise God. God loves you so much, he's not going to leave you in that state unless you allow yourselves to be left in that state of self-deception. And it's the very word of God that will meet you at that place. And it's that very word of God that will challenge you. And it's that very word of God that that will reveal some things in your life. This woman said, when the Messiah comes, he will reveal all. In other words, when the word of God comes, comes and it's preached into your life, it will reveal everything that's hidden in your life. And in order for there to be a difference in your life, in order for God to change your life, you have to come face to face with yourself. It's the only way it's going to happen. You have to come to the understanding that, God, I need you, praise God. God, I desire a change, God. And, God, I'm coming to the realization that the only thing that could change me is your word and your spirit, God, and a relationship with you and you alone. You see, the Bible says Jesus sat at the well. And he says, he says, if you want to be lodged here, I'm going to be lodged with you, praise God. If you don't want to move from this place, I'm not moving either. But don't, don't, don't come and tell me that help isn't here because I, I'm here to meet you and I'm here to challenge you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You don't have to live in that place of self-deception. What am I talking about? Sometimes we get into a place, a position where we feel like we're not worthy, like we feel like we don't deserve the provisions of God and the blessings of God. But I'm telling you right now, you do deserve it. God's mercy and God's blood allowed you to deserve it. It's not through your self-righteousness, but it's when you're covered by the blood. Praise God. When you're covered by the blood, that's why he came, and that's why he was whipped on that whipping post. Praise God. We think all, all too many times that it's a physical healing. You've got it wrong, my friend. That might be a mechanism or part of it, praise God, but it is a spiritual healing because without the blood of the Lamb being shed, For our lives, praise God. We would never have the opportunity to be part of the family of God. It's impossible. It's an eternal healing that he was talking about. It's not always a physical healing. That's why people die every single day. If it was a physical healing and if that was all our focus was on, then this world would be exploded with billions and billions and trillions of people. But it's not that. It is an eternal healing. It is a spiritual healing. It is a place where God brings us so he can create a relationship with us where we can have an eternal existence with him. But we will never get that if we keep hiding behind our self-deception, our problems, our issues, 
Come out from among them, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. In other words, don't allow your mind to be infected by what the world throws at you, by your past. Don't do that. When the word of God is preached, open yourselves up. Receive the invitation. And let God do what only God can do. Come up here, brother, brother Eric. Why don't why do we stand? I I appreciate Brother Eric so much. I might not get as emotional as Brother Brad. Amen. But it just tells me that there's a love, there's a connection between these godly men. It's a David and Jonathan connection. I met Brother Eric years ago. And I love the spirit of this young man. And we had an evangelist that was set up to preach for us Friday night and Sunday morning. But something came up and he couldn't make it. We are going to reschedule him. So I called uh, Brother Chad Williams for Friday and uh, Brother... Eric for Sunday morning. We didn't know that it was going to happen. We didn't know that uh, Evangelist was g- wasn't going to make it. Um, that's why no one was notified. But I truly believe that it's the will of God. We heard a great message on Friday. It was an awesome message. Sometimes as a pastor, you don't always know. Sorry if your theology is a little different, but <laughs> try being a pastor once in a while. No, don't, don't do that. It's not everything is cracked up to be. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I love what I do. I love the people of God and the people of the Lord. So I don't know what Brother Eric is going to preach to us. I don't, I don't talk to anybody about anybody in the church. It's not my place. That's God's place. Me and my wife have made up our mind years ago to live a life of submission, dedication to God. And whoever we have the opportunity to minister to, we are going to do it through lifestyle. We're going to do it through lifestyle. And we pray that we can live a life that's holy and godly where individuals can be influenced by our actions, Brother Eric. And I pray, God, help me. Help me be a servant of God. And so I don't know what he's going to preach. Hopefully it isn't that. Brother Eric, we love you. Uh, Why don't we lift our hands? Why don't we pray right now in the name of Jesus? In your mighty name, Jesus. In your mighty name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. I just want to say that walking into service and during the praise and during the worship, immediately my spirit identified with this church because the Holy Ghost was moving upon us. The Spirit of God, hallelujah, was moving here. And I felt liberty. I felt the joy of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So in other words, what that means is I feel like I'm right at home, Pastor Torres. Amen. I feel like I'm right at home. Hallelujah. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, that's not where I'm going, but in verse 12, it says, We urge you, brethren, and recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Pastor Torres and First Lady Torres, I honor you. I honor you this morning. I want you to notice in verse 12 it says, we urge you. It means it's, it, it's so important to recognize those who labor among you. To esteem them. To, 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 to hold them. To admire the work that they do for the kingdom of God. It takes special people to do what they do. So with that said, amen, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Would you, would you, saints of God, would you thank God for your pastor and your pastor's wife right now? Come on, would you give it up to the Lord right now and say, God, thank you for my leadership. Thank you for my pastor. Thank you, God, that there's somebody who prays over me daily. There's somebody here, God, that loves me, that's willing to correct me, that's willing, God, to get me to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor, First Lady Torres, for what you do. Amen. I'm telling you, this, this city, this town is better because they're here. Amen. This city is better because they are here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, while I still got you standing, let me hurry up and get you to the text. It's in Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. <laughs> Amen. And Exodus chapter 8, verse 25. Exodus chapter 8, verse 25. And it says like this. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God in the land. Jump down to verse 28. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I, once again, I'm just so thankful and grateful to, to be here. And when Brother Torres gave me the call, uh, Wednesday, I believe it was, I immediately declared a 40-day fast. <laughs> I said, God, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> this is on the fly. <laughs> and then I made the mistake, and I asked Brother Brad, hey, who, who, who's preaching on Friday? And they said, oh, Brother Chad Williams. I said, oh, my gosh. And I'm going to follow up after him. Thank you, sir. And I, I just want to say this real quick, that when I asked that question, immediately doubt came into me. And the Lord took me to Exodus, and when Moses was complaining before the Lord, I can't do it, God, my I stutter. I got naming all of his excuses and all of his problems. And then God said to him, who made your mouth? 
And I said, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. Okay. I'm sorry, Lord. So after that quick rebuke, I, <laughs> amen. But um, I also just, I'm just so thankful to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm in love with this sanctuary. I'm in love with the people and the congregation here. Um, I also myself want to honor my friend, Brother Brad Smith and his wife. Amen. The Smith family uh, must have been. <laughs> must have been uh, maybe seven, eight years ago we met and we just connected like that. And then not too far after that, uh, I, I did. I was introduced to Pastor Torres at Purpose Institute class, I believe it was. And uh, and let me just say this. These guys are, are, are top class, first class worshipers. Um, uh, when you see them at the conferences, they're always in the front row. Amen. That says a lot about their character. They're worshipers of God. And, and didn't Jesus say the day cometh, amen, when the Father will seeketh those who worship in spirit and in truth? Amen. Hallelujah. I love their spirit. So I honor you. Amen as well. Brother Brad, thank you for all the love. And uh, this man sends out a text message almost every day. He's been doing it faithfully for three or four years, maybe longer. Amen. But every morning I, I, can, I, can, I can just look at my phone and there's a text as a scripture. And not knowing many times when I was hurting, when I was going through something, the right text message came through. Praise God. I also want to honor my wife. My, I call her Sister Babe. Amen. <laughs> I'm so thankful she's here with me. And, and I got my sons, Jacob and Jaden, my twins. Amen. As a matter of fact, um, I told them this morning, be ready because you're going to greet the church. So i first like to invite my son Jaden to come and just greet the church real quick. Amen. And then Jacob and then my wife. Praise the Lord, church. I just want to say thank you for having our family here. It is an honor. And I'm so excited to be here and have church with you all this morning. Praise the Lord. Just like my brother said, we are excited to be here. Thank you for inviting us. And I already feel welcomed here, and I thank all of you for that. Sister Babe. Praise the Lord, church. Um, I'm just so blessed to be here today, and what an awesome feeling and the atmosphere of just worship and praise. I mean, just sitting there and um, coming and, and feeling how God is just moving so swiftly in this place. It's just beautiful. Um, I always pray for God's glory to fall in this place and, and to fall wherever we go. Um, and I just, I just want to say that I'm so blessed to have friends in the church, the Smith family, um, just the way that they love us, uh, the way that they pray for us. We thank you. We thank the, the Torres family, too. Um, just you have such an awesome pastor's wife. I mean, the moment that she met me, I mean, she didn't even know me, but she just loved on me, um, has prayed over me, has prophesied over me, and I, I thank the Lord for that. And I, I thank you for inviting us to having us here. Um, wherever we go, we want to make sure that we are a blessing. And uh, I, I, I tell my husband, I said, you know, this is the ministry that God has given you, and we are going to be a family that will support him, will pray for him, will be there ministering with him, because this is God's will. God bless you, church. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Amen. In the name of Jesus. All right. Well, you're going to help preach with me today? All right. I like that. Come on now. I like that. Whoever said that, I like that. Amen. In Jesus' name. The book of Exodus, somebody made a comment to me. He's like, man, Brother Eric, I didn't know you were going to carry your 50-inch flat screen with you everywhere you go. <laughs> Amen. Anyways, praise God. The book of Exodus is one of my favorite books in the Bible, if not my favorite book in the Bible. 
the very first preaching, the very first preaching I did was, was actually out of the book of Exodus. And Exodus is really famous, even to Hollywood. They made movies on Exodus. They, I mean, they've made uh, movies like the Ten Commandments, uh, the Prince of Egypt. They've made all kinds of uh, animated cartoon movies on, on, on the book of Exodus. Um, so Exodus is very, very good. I, I love the history. I love Moses. Amen. But I love it because of the, of the typology that is in the book of, of, of Exodus. I love that there is an interpretation of types and, and different symbols uh, that will that can where we can relate the Old Testament and to the New Testament. Amen. Matter of fact, Gal Galatians three twenty four says that the law, referring to the Old Testament, it is a schoolmaster that leads us to Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. So I love the typology that is in there. And the book of Hebrews also tells us that there are shadows and that there are outlines, amen, and sketches of Jesus there in the Old Testament. Praise God. Scholars and theologians have, have kind of given the book of Exodus this term that it's the central book of the Old Testament because of the foundation of God's character. Um, not only of his character, but also speaks of his redemption, amen. And speaks on the law and of worship. So we find all these different ordinances in the book of Exodus. For example, even baptism, when the Israelites were baptized in the cloud and of the sea, praise God. We see the redemption when, when we see Jesus as the Passover lamb, praise God. In that final plague, when, when, when the Lord gave that final instruction to Moses to, to slaughter a goat. Or, amen. And, and to drain its blood and with a hyssop plant like a paintbrush, you paint the blood on the side of the doorpost and on the top. And the symbol is Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. And I want to tell you, the blood of the lamb still works. The blood of God still works. And you need the blood of God over your life. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I'm getting excited already. Amen. That was a type of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also, we see a, we see a, a typology of the manna. We know that in the New Testament, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life. Hallelujah. So I, there's Jesus all over. Amen. In the in the Old Testament. Amen. That's why I can clearly understand in my mind and in doctrine here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. It's the same God. Hallelujah. There's not two or three, but there is one seated on the throne, and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. So tonight I, I don't want to preach on the ten plagues. That's not, I'm not gonna go there, but just to kind of Get you all caught up where we need to go. Amen. Here we go. Before I go there, I just want to say that in this last year, year and a half, I've, the Lord has ex allowed me to experience some things in the supernatural, bad and, bad and good. Amen. For example, um, I, 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 I've seen demons manifest themselves through people. Not too long ago, I, I was telling Brother Brad this, there was a man who, who came to the altar and, and he, was, he was crying, amen. And, 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 and as he was crying, I just, I just immediately, you know, I want to go pray for the guy and, and I want to lay hands on him and pray for him. And, and uh, as, I, as I put my hand on him, everything dried up on him. And literally his face changed like this. And he said, I hail Satan. I took my hand off. What would you say, boy? <laughs> took me by surprise. And then it changed again. And he said, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. And so I said, I said, you need to repent of your sins right now. 
And I said, do you want to repent? You want, you want this out of you? And he said, yes, I want it out of me. I said, well, let's repent right now. And, and, and I just kind of watched him, and he, and he was trying to, but he couldn't get the words out. So I said, hey, man, follow, just, you know, hear me out. Just uh, re- repeat after me. I'm trying to lead him through a prayer of repentance. And he would not do it. And then it manifested again. And it said, I hail Satan. And then, and then it changed and said, thank you for praying for me. Have a nice day. And walked out. I said, okay, God. And I was crazy. I was crazy. Uh, for those, who, those of you who don't know, we have a daughter work way up in Bellingham, just about maybe 30 minutes from the border, Canadian border or so. And we have a daughter work there. It's, it's a, it's a Guatem- Guatemalan group of people. And, and uh, because they come in from Guatemala, you know, because of the seasonal work, uh, you get all kinds of different people coming in and coming out. And, and there was a man there who, who I really thought he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And because and, uh, he was jumping up and down, he was responding. He was amening, amen, the pastor. And I, I was translating for pastor as he was preaching. And uh, this, this guy fell over. And as he fell over, there was just something different about him falling over. And uh, it, it, was just de- it was just weird. And, and so I kind of watched him. And, and, and I started to, to discern, okay, there's something in this man, and, and as, I, as we began to go and lay hands on him, his eyes began to roll back, and, and, and I kid you not, he, he was ready to start elevating, amen, but we rebuked it, amen, and, and then the guy, he left, and we never saw him again, amen, uh, another, another, something else that I experienced lately is the pastor, as, 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 we were, as we're praying in the church, and as we're praying over our community, I, I began to, to, to realize in another level how powerful prayer is. And as we're praying for our city, amen, just demons, the spiritual realm be- began to manifest, amen. And after a few weeks, uh, my pastor was, you know what, I'm just going to, we got a church voicemail, that, a church phone landline that we don't even use because everyone uses cell phones. But, but every once in a while, you know, we got to go check it because there's some voicemails there. And, and pastor decided to go check it. And there was over, there was over 75 voicemails of, of demonic tongues cursing the church and cursing my pastor and his family and cursing his ministry. So I know that there's power in prayer. I know when the devil's mad. Amen. So God allowed me to experience these things. Amen. But he also allowed me to experience the good things and, and some other things, some miraculous things. For an example, not too long ago, we had, a, we had an elderly woman who, who walked into the church and she was hunched over quite a bit like this. And, and you know, the only way she can look at you is that she kind of turned to the side and, and you can see the pain on her. And so I'm leading praise and worship and I see her come in to the entrance and she starts in one seat. And during the service, she just keeps on moving down the aisle to the next seat and down to this one and by the time pastor was done preaching praise God it was time for the altar call and she was already sitting right there where brother Brad was at and in my thinking that I'm incapable you know I'm thinking okay this girl this woman needs a miracle and pastor's out praying over here and 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 I'm really trying to make eye contact hey pastor you want to pray for this one And I was like, I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to go. Built up, just kind of started worshiping. Okay, God, by faith, by faith, by faith. And, and I said, I really asked her a dumb question. I said, you need help? <laughs> and she's like, yes. And she's like, my back. I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much pain. So I prayed the prayer of faith, and I said, he'll be healed in the name of Jesus. And I saw that woman from a hunchback, amen, straighten up like this, praise God. And God touched her back, and she began to dance. She began to worship. She ran the aisles, amen. Praise God. God did a miracle there. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, I saw this with my own eyes. It was, a, it was beautiful. I said, God. Thank you for allowing me to experience that. Amen. Just before you called me up, everything you were saying, I, I received that. Amen. I received that. There, there's been so many times because of my past, I, I've been stuck there, Pastor. I've been stuck there. And I know that God's been working on me. I told my wife, oh, something's staring up at me. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I know what is happening. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Another time, hallelujah, we were, well, actually, I'm going to share that at the very end. Praise God. But signs and wonders follow them that believe. Amen. So as I began to see these things, as I began to see the supernatural occur in my life, in the natural, there was something else that I began to see as well. Amen. And I began to see saints of God leaving truth and leaving church. I began to see with my own eyes compromise. Praise God. Amen. I visited my pastor's home church. My pastor's name is Darcy Ross. And my pastor is Canadian. His church is up in New Westminster, British Columbia. The church it comes from is, is a rich Pentecostal church. It's easily over 100 years old. Matter of fact, the whole city burnt down. Everything burnt down except the church. Praise God. And it, it's, it's in public newspapers. And there's pictures of it standing when everything else is is crumbled and burnt, except for the house of God. Amen. So I went to visit that church for the very first time. Amen. Brother Godfrey, if you would put that picture up, please. Hallelujah. As you stand behind the pulpit of his church, up on the balcony, there's this beautiful wood uh, engraving, and there's a three-letter statement that says, Growth without Compromise. Would you say that with me? Growth without compromise. Amen. It was in the perfect location. As the preacher stands before the pulpit and you can see that. Amen. It, it just, I took a picture of it. The picture just, amen. I, I hold it very dear to my heart. I hold it very dear to my walk with Christ that I don't want to compromise, amen, but I want to stand on the rock, praise God. I want to walk in truth. I don't just want to talk about it. I want to walk in it, praise God, amen. So I, I don't know about you, but just to tell you who I am, amen. Pastor, I love when a man of God steps on my toes. I love when a man of God tells me, straighten up or you're going to hell. I love that kind of preaching. I love fire and brimstone. Why? That's the only reason why I'm here today. Because a man of God wasn't afraid. He wasn't ashamed to tell me the truth. Amen. And he spoke the word of God into me. Praise God. Amen. The world only wants to hear about love and mercy. But that's, that's not everything. We also know that God is a judge. And that God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. So I find this three-worded statement to be so powerful and yet so worthy. Amen. As a matter of fact, in my prayers every so often, I recite it and I repeat it many, many times. It sticks with me. It's now engraved in my spirit. Praise God. While many churches are looking for numbers and, and are looking to water down the gospel and, amen, and sugarcoat everything. Thank God that there's a man of God here in Camas, Washington, that's not afraid to preach this truth. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So in, in Exodus that we just got done reading, I want to speak to you on four compromises that the devil will try to get you to compromise in. Hallelujah. Is this all right with you? Praise God. In Exodus 8.25, by this time as we enter into chapter 8, the very first four plagues have already taken place. There's, there's frogs everywhere, and, and the river turned into blood, and, and the flies and the gnats are everywhere. And Pharaoh, amen, this is the other piece that I, I failed to mention, but as I was speaking about typology in Exodus, through typology, we can understand that, that Moses is a type of Jesus Christ and that Israel is a type of the church and that Egypt is a type of the world and sin. And Pharaoh would be a type of Satan. Amen. So here in Exodus 8.25, just like Pharaoh, amen, like the devil himself who cannot be trusted, amen, Moses is saying, let my people go. And, and you know what? 
Thousands of years later, that statement is still true today. God is looking to build someone up. Amen. They would go into the streets. They would go into the byways. Amen. And say, let my people go. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So here's the thing. Here's the compromise. As, as Pharaoh comes or as Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, let us go that we can sacrifice unto our God. Amen. Here's what Pharaoh says. All right, go. But do it here in the land. Do it here in the land. Amen. In other words, the devil doesn't mind, amen, the way that you worship the Lord just as long as you stay in sin. Amen. The, the devil doesn't mind you worshiping the Lord as long as you got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The devil doesn't mind, amen, that you worship God, but yet you stay in the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. The devil doesn't mind that you worship as long as you worship half-heartedly. Praise God. But my Bible says that you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Amen. With all your soul. With all your strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. Amen. I'm talking to an individual that perhaps doesn't have it all figured out yet. But let me just encourage you. Get both your feet inside the church. Amen. Get both your feet inside the church. God will never fail you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, so, so many times uh, I, I, the Bible says that the last days are going to be like Noah. Amen. Well, if you read your Bible and you read the story, you would know that only eight people survived. Only eight people, amen, made it into that ark. So what does that tell me? Church, you better have both your feet inside the church because God is coming. God is coming. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Got to make up our mind. Young people, you got to wake. You got to wake. Yeah, wake up too. But you got to make up your mind. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pastor just said it a little bit ago. But it said, come out from among them. Amen. And touch no unclean thing. Church, we got to come out of that stuff. We are the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in, in modern days, the church, you know, we see a building and we want to come to a church. But if you were to go back 2,000 years ago and you stood before the Apostle Paul and you said, hey, what church do you go to, Brother Paul? He would look at you crazy. Because the Greek word of church is ecclesia, and it means the called out ones. We are the called out ones. Called out of what, Brother Eric? We're called out of Egypt. We're called out of the world. Amen. We're separates. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. In one night, in one night, God delivered all the, the Israelites out of Egypt. They were enslaved for 430 years. Amen. However, it's easy to get delivered. It's easy to, to come out of that, but it's hard to get it out of your spirit and out of your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Do you know how many months that is? That's 440 months. Church, we don't got that kind of time. Amen. We got to be right with God. Amen. We got to be in alignment with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Moses, being a type of Christ, he was so firm in his response to Moses, and he said, no, it is not right for us to do so. Praise God. Amen. So he comes up with compromise number two. Amen. And he says, all right, then. He says, okay, well, I'll let you go. Go and sacrifice to your Lord God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Amen. You know what that tells me, church? That tells me, hey, go ahead and just lift your hands. But you don't got to shout. You don't got to dance. You don't got to get sweaty. 
It's okay to worship, but you don't have to go all in. Amen. Church, hey, I've been criticized because I'm a, I'm a loud mouth. I've been criticized because I dance in the presence. I've been criticized because I'm, I'm just loud and exuberant. Amen. But if you only knew what God took me out of, if you only knew what God delivered me from, you would do it too. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. My God is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. And if you've got addiction tonight, he's also a chain breaker. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He says, I will let you go. Just don't go very far. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of the story of when Jesus in, in, in Matthew chapter 8, I believe it is, when Jesus encounters these two possessed men, demon-possessed men, as Jesus was approaching, they, they cried out and said, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? And little, just, just, just down the way, in a short distance, amen, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was swine, there was a, there was a herd of pigs of swine. And the devil, the demon said, put us into the swine. Think about this. The devil always wants to stay within region of you. The devil always wants to stay close by. Amen. He, amen. So in other words, you can understand what Pharaoh was saying. Yeah, go and worship, but don't go too far. Amen. Church, we got to wait. We got to make up our mind tonight. Amen. That when I worship God, I'm going to go all in. All in. Hallelujah. It don't matter what's, how someone else is going to think about you. Amen. I'm here to please God. Please God. Amen. Hey, if a if you got these football fanatics, I was delivered from that too. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But when you got football fanatics, amen, any sport you want, but I'm going to use the Green Bay Packers in the frozen tundra, and you got, you got people with no shirts on, and they got their, their little helmets. They got, they got their, 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 their chest all painted, the Green Bay Packer colors, and it's 30 degrees below zero. That's fanatic, amen. But where are the fanatics for Jesus Christ? Where are the worshipers for Jesus Christ? Where are those that aren't ashamed? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, church, I'm telling you, don't you fall for that compromise. Young people, don't you fall for that compromise. Get into the presence of the Lord and worship him in the dance. Worship him in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Especially, especially the men in this church. The men lead it. Amen. The, hey, I'm just going to say it. Come on. Men, you're the priests of your home. Amen. It's, it's our job to lead in worship. I've been to a lot of churches, and you got women that lead everything. You got women that are operating the gifts, and that's beautiful. But where are the men, praise God? Amen. Where are the men? <laughs> Hallelujah. Get in here. Get in there early and pray, amen, and, and just get stirred up in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. Turn the page over to chapter 10. Another compromise. This time, Pharaoh says, well, well who's all going to go, Brother Brad? Who's all going to go? Now, this applies to everybody. But it's different for everybody. So I want to be very careful on how I tread here in the next few minutes. But the third compromise from Pharaoh was, let the man only go. But leave your little ones behind. Leave the little ones behind. Pharaoh tried to convince Moses and Aaron that children were not important in regards to worship. But just a few moments ago when I saw Sister Torres laying hands on this precious little girl right here. I said, yes, God. We believe in our little ones. Uh, we believe in our little ones. Amen. Oh, somebody praise God right now for the little ones. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for our little ones. Praise God. The devil is a liar. He doesn't mind you worshiping the Lord as long as you don't teach your little ones, as long as you don't instruct them to worship, as long as you don't train up your children in the way that they should go. Amen. Hallelujah. 
and I, I, I'm sorry, but I get so mad and, and irritated. It grinds my gears when I'm in church service and, and we got a little baby boy and a little baby girl, amen, on their cell phones, amen. And, and just so that they can be quiet in the service, I get so mad about it. Hallelujah. We got to train up our children to love the presence of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I believe we're doing a disservice when we do that to them. We're doing a disservice. Amen. Excuse me for my language, but amen. I don't want to raise up an army of little nerds on their cell phones, but I want to raise up an army of soldiers of the cross. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And for, and for the youth group page, praise God. Get in this altar. Hallelujah. Uh, to my understanding, Brother Godfrey, you're the youth leader here. Amen. Parents, hey, don't, don't leave your children up to the pastor and to the youth leader. Amen. Because the truth is no one else is going to pray as hard for them than you are. No one else is going to go to war as hard as you will for them. Hallelujah. Amen. As for me and my house, praise God, we shall serve the Lord. It matters to God. Pursue your family. Look what David did in Ziklag when the enemy came in and, and took the wives and the children captive. And David was so, was so broken before God and even his own people wanted to stone him and kill him. But he did something so powerful. The Bible says he encouraged himself. Hey, church, in dark times and through the storm, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to steer yourself up in the Holy Ghost. You got to learn how to, how to get a hold of God. And he said, God, can I go back? Will you give me them? And he says, go and pursue them. Church, pursue your family. Pursue your children. Pursue, amen, fight for your marriage. Fight for your children. Praise God. In the final compromise, in the final compromise, it's found in chapter 10, verse 24. Chapter 10, verse 24. Pharaoh called Moses and said, go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord, our God. And I love what he says here. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. Hallelujah. So now he says, okay, go, take your family, but leave your, leave your flock, leave your herd behind. Ah. Uh, I came across a commentary, and, and, and there was, a, there was a, a commentator who made this statement, and I totally don't, I totally disagree with them. As a matter of fact, Lord, you know my heart, forgive me, but this was such a dumb statement that he made. Amen. He said, out of the four compromises, Brother Torres, this is the one he should have compromised on. This was the one that, this was the deal that he should have took. That, that's what I said. What? It don't make sense. It don't make sense. Amen. I, I was so brought back by this. You, they needed to make sacrifices to God for the atonement of their sins. They needed to. They need to do that. The comp, this compromise was was an ultimatum. Amen. But thank God that the man of God, Moses, didn't compromise and didn't say, okay, that's a deal. I under, I've come to the understanding that by this point, the Israelites have been pounded down by the Egyptians. They've been verbally abused. They've been physically abused, spiritually, emotionally abused, told all their life that you and the generations after you will always be slaves. Your offspring will be slaves. But Moses refused to compromise. Praise God. Brother God, for you to put that next photo up. 
man. Some of you may have seen her with this little girl. My wife and I met her. We won her and her grandmother over to the Lord. They were homeless. They were living in their SUV. And one of the things that they told me was, Brother Eric, we're so tired of being lied to. This church tells us this and that church tells us this. We don't even know what to believe anymore. My wife and I just began to love on them. We began doing Bible studies with them. This little girl, my wife and I, we just, we love her so much. We, we've kind of adopted her as our spiritual daughter. And I'm telling you, she's got a, a calling of God on her life. We be, her and her and her grandmother and her mother, they, they literally own a day out of my week. Every Wednesday, we, we're with them. We're, we're having dinner. We're, we're fellowshipping. We're having Bible studies. We're just, we're together. The next picture, brother, there's, there, that's her grandmother that my wife loving on her. They're in white robes because they got baptized in the name of Jesus. God filled them with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. <laughs> Amen. But why? Me and my wife, we made up in our mind, Pastor Torres, we're not going to compromise this. We're not going to compromise truth. We're not going to lie. Amen. But we're going to stick to the word of God. We told them the truth. It's not in the name of the Father or the Son or the Holy Ghost, but it's in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Next picture, brother. Just a few weeks ago, these two young men, brothers, Javier is 27, his little brother is 17. hungry for God, told me the same thing. I'm so tired of being lied to. I don't know what to believe anymore. I've been to this church. I've been to that church. And every time I'm done, I feel the same. I feel worthless. I feel depressed. I feel sad. They're in white robes. We baptized them in Jesus' name. Just, uh, just two weeks ago, God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They were laid out on the floor for, it seemed like for hours, but God was all over them. Amen. This next video, I'm going to show you just a glimpse. Brother Brad knows what I'm talking about, and, and so does Pastor Torres and, and his wife. Pastor Ross gave me a challenge. He said, Brother Eric, I want you to take the youth group. I want you to go into the hospitals, go into the prayer room, the little chapel room they got there, and just pray and pray and pray. And so I finally, I got there. I had about uh, nine of my youth group, including my wife and I, 11. We went to that prayer room, that little chapel. When we got there, it was locked. So we're like, oh, man, maybe, you know, that was kind of the first stumbling block. And we're like, okay, well, maybe not tonight. Maybe we'll come back another time. And I was like, no, we need to pray. So we found some security guard, and he opened up the chapel for us, and that was really cool. I said, thank you, Lord. And you all know, you've been to a hospital. You know in the chapel room, the, the general rule is pray silent. Just be mindful of others. We got in there, and 11 of us, and we began to pray. And, and literally, I mean, in my heart and mind, the goal was to be there maybe 10, 15 minutes, and and call it good and go home. But God began to move in that place. It, it wasn't but 10, 15 minutes into the prayer. Amen. Well, we turned it into a Pentecostal prayer meeting. We began speaking in tongues. and We began to, to call upon the name of the Lord. And God was moving mightily upon us. Amen. 15 minutes went by. And we were in there for a whole hour. Pastor Torres is praying up a storm. Amen. And I, and I began to declare, amen, that, that devil, your reign in this place, amen, is coming to an end. 
Amen. You all know hospitals are probably the most depressing place you could be in. Especially if you're facing a, a, a deadly illness or something and, you, and the doctor tells you your time is short and you only got into so and so to live. Amen. But we began to pray. And as we were leaving there, I said, you know what? God wants to do something here. And I said, the first person we, we come and encounter with, we're going to ask them, why are you here? And can we pray for you? And so walking out of the prayer room, we, we met this, uh, this gentleman and we said, hey, excuse me, sir. Keep in mind, I got 10 behind me. Why are you here? What's going on? And he said, my grandmother is here. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, my mother is here, and she's, she's dying. And I said, well, can we pray for your mother? And he said, sure. And he was a Mexican guy. That's not racist. He was a Mexican guy. Mexican, Mexicans got big families. We walk into that room where his mother was at. It was full of Mexicans. There was about 25 of them in there. And I said, my God. The mother's on the deathbed. The mother's probably in her, must have been close to 90 years old. Everybody in that room was Catholic except for the grandmother. I found out the grandmother, even at her late years of age, just recently, like two months prior to that, was baptized in Jesus' name. And so the bro- the, that, that gentleman I was talking to, he said, okay, there's my mother, pray for her. And I'm thinking, God, can you heal age? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know, I'm being real, I didn't know what to pray about. I was like, can you give her another five years, ten years? I, I didn't know what to pray And then God quickened me and said, you're not here for her. She's mine. She's saved. But her family's lost in Catholicism. And with so much boldness, I began to preach in that room. Keep in mind, there's almost 36. Keep in mind, almost all my youth group was Mexican, so there's a lot more Mexicans added to that now. And I began to... I just became bold as a lion, and I began to preach Acts chapter 2. And people were just really glued in. They were tied in. And I said, who wants to receive the Holy Ghost? Nobody lifted their hand. They were all scared. And I said, I'm going to lead you through a prayer of repentance. And then God's, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the prayer of faith, and God's going to bless and fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. They all bowed their heads. They were all really just dialed in on what I was saying. Some were mad because I, I saw the stink face on them. You know, the, they were mad because of what I was preaching. But there were others that were attentive. So I led them in prayer. I prayed the prayer of faith. God, feel them. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Brother Godfrey, play it. And this is what happened. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) It only took a few seconds and the Holy Ghost fell in that room. Amen. Why did that happen, Brother Eric? Amen. Because I did not compromise. Amen. Because I stood for the truth. Amen. I taught them the word of God. Church, I'm telling you as you stand to your feet right now, amen, that we cannot compromise the word of God. We cannot compromise, amen, what we believe in. We cannot compromise because people are hungry for the truth. People are hungry for truth and for a real experience. Amen. To all the young ones in here and to anybody, I'm sorry, everybody, we're all young. We're all young. Yes. I'm telling you. There's people in your job, 
There's people in your school. There's people in your circle of friends in your in your community. Perhaps they don't realize it just yet, but they're waiting for an experience like this. So my question is, who will go? Young man, Brother Logan, will it be you? Amen. Who will go? I'm telling you, there's power in this word. Come on, I want to invite you to this altar right now. I want to invite you here. Maybe there's some here that just need to, to make it right with God first. Maybe there's somebody here that just needs to make it official, God. I'm tired of living one foot in and one foot out. Come on, let's make this calling in your election sure tonight. Yes. Come on, don't just leave it up to the pastor and to the ministry to do all the work. Amen. Please come, please come.